Helen. Okay. All right. Good evening, everybody. Parshas. Parshas Shach. Of course, we couldn't do Parshas Shach without talking about the Maragim, without talking about the spies. I but I wanted to take it from a little bit of a different perspective, a little bit of a, like a, a, a dahera, like a, a thought into what exactly was the avera of the Maragli. What, what, what was so terrible about what they did? Yeah, to the lack of Bechisan and Emuna, they didn't believe it, they should have trusted and embarrassed them a little bit more. But when we think about the, the, the Maraglin, you know, it's up there. It's like one of the big, one of the big ones. Like the, the big things so we have the Eglazov. And after the Eglazov, there's the Maraglin. What else is there, right? That's that's it. So what what exactly happened by the Maraglin that was so terrible? What exactly did they do wrong? What, what's the Nakuda? Like where where was the Chisan? What was it? What was the what 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 let's let's think about it. So if you take a look, the Midrashim it says, it says. It says, they were disgusted by something that should have been very precious to them. It's something that should have been, that should have been special to them. And they cried and they were upset because the Miraglin came back with a negative report. And I'm not talking about the Aver of the Miraglin themselves now. I'm talking about the Aver of Kali. So I'm not talking about what the, the Miraglin themselves did wrong because that's not, that's, not, that's, who, that's not who we talk about when we talk about the Aver. We talk about the sin. We talk about what they did, what, what happened in the Midbar, we talk about what Kalisol did wrong. And Kalisol cried, right? Kodesh Baruch says, you, you cried for nothing, so I'm going to make it a Bechi of the Darius, I'm going to make it right. And I'm not even going into the Einish the part of it. I'm not even going into the punishment. I want to, I want to understand what was that Vera? What, what was so terrible what they did? And why, when Chazal focused on that, they focus on, on this idea that I mentioned before. That they rejected something that the Rebbeinu held that was special to them. The Rebbeinu held that Eretz Yisrael should be something that's special to them. Kalisto rejected that, and in rejecting that, that was that was that was the, that what seems to be the core, the nakuda of the, that they did wrong. That's number one. Second, another another question. We find in the, in later in there's there is a special mitzvah called nesachim that you bring. What are called nesachim are libations. They're they're uh, it's like extra wine that you add to certain korbanos. Then when you bring these korbanos, you bring nesachim along with them. The Medrash says the Rambam said that he gave the mitzvah of nesachim as sort of like a nechama to Klal Yisrael that they that they didn't that they um they weren't they didn't go into Eretz Yisrael. He gave them a special mitzvah of nesachim. And this mitzvah of nesachim is that you bring these special libations, you add wine to certain korbanos. Shlomim Olos, Kobanus Olos, particularly Shlomim and Olos, right? Not not uh, not on, on other uh, not on other Korbanus. And it's a mitzvah that's meyuchad that it can only be done in Eretz Yisrael. So despite the fact that Kodesh gave it in the midbar, he gave it in the desert. He gave it while they were still in the midbar. But Kodesh it's only a mitzvah to be done when Kisavol Eretz Moshevasechem Asher Noisim Achem. Right when you come to Eretz Yisrael, then you'll be able to do this. And the Medrash says this: this nesachim, these nesachim, were a mitzvah nechama for the for the for the for the, for the not being allowed to enter into Eretz Yisrael at the time. So, 
what, what's the midah kenegad midah? You know, what's what's the what's the big deal? Why nesachim? You know, it's, nesachim is it's, it's mitzvah. You say it's a mitzvah tzuliyah baritz. It's a mitzvah you have to do in Eretz Yisrael. But there's there are many mitzvahs tzuliyah baritz. There are many mitzvahs that you can only do in Eretz Yisrael. So why this mitzvah? What was what was unique about the nesachim that this is supposed to somehow comfort us over the the lack of being go, able to go into Eretz Yisrael? The, what 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 exactly was being communicated with this this mitzvah with this mitzvah? There is another parsha that's very puzzling. It's not really, it's, it's it's really a sniff. It's like a it's a hemshach. It's a continuation to what we were talking about with the maragum that that that's added on to it, and that is that they were they attempted to be Allah b'choyma. That Klaiso wanted to go up when Akash said you want you, you, when Klaiso cried and they and then who got angry at them and Hashem was upset with them, right? So the next day, Klaus said, okay, so we'll, we'll try to go. Let's do it. We want to we want to go. We want to go into Eretz Yisrael. <clears throat> and Akash begs them not to go. He tells them if you try to do it, you're gonna you're you're gonna fail. It's not gonna be successful. And the people say, no, we're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna do it anyway. And they go up and they go fight against uh, they talk they fight against Amalek and and they're defeated. And they're defeated. So what what what's the shot in that? Um, why? You know, it's why was that a wrong hardgasha? Why was that a wrong hardgasha? Why was that a wrong stress and, a, and an incorrect feeling? In other words, sometimes there is there is a concept even in Avodas Hashem where chutzpah, where we're going the extra mile, doing something and breaking out of the limitations is a good thing. It's a it's a positive thing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there there is a there's there is makum, there is space, there is place in Avodah Hashem to do that kind of thing. Why was it inappropriate here? What was wrong with what they did? What what, what, what the and says, "Don't go." And you're going to be defeated, be defeated, right? They wanted to go anyway, right? And um, and Moshe Rabbein refuses to go with them. And the Amaleki and the Klani come down and they and they defeat them. They're 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 completely defeated. Why? They were willing to be Meiser Nefesh. I mean, originally they what what happened? The Miraglim came back and said, "You're going to have to go into Eretz Yisrael. It's going to be a big struggle. You're going to have to go to war. Your people are going to get killed. It's not going to be so pashat, right?" And Klani still cried. So Hashem says, "You crying? You don't believe that I can that Akash Baruch can do anything?" Right? So they say, "Okay, so we believe you now. Rebbe Hashem, do it for us. Show us. We're going to go." Moshe says, no, 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 hold back. Why? We're going to go anyway. We're going to, we're going to show our loyalty to the Rebbe We're going to be most never. Why didn't it work? Why did it, why did it fail? One more, one more, um, Ha'ara, one more, one more question that I want to bring out um, in this, along, along these lines. Um, why did Moshe Rabbeinu, and this is a big question that you for sure have asked this question many times. Anytime you're on this parsha, anytime you've looked through this parsha, you for sure have had this, this, this issue, this question. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu send the Miracle? Why did he send them? The Rabbeinu said, don't send them. Right later in Parsha Zvar, Moshe Rabbeinu makes it clear that Hashem said, don't send them. So why, why were they sending the Miracle? So let's, let, let, let's, let's, Step back from them. Let's analyze. Were they sending the Miraglim? Were they sending these spies as a on a tactical mission? Was there was their mission there for them militarily? Was it was there a military benefit to them being able to do? Was there was there a, 
Was there a strategy involved? Are you going, they're going to check out what Eretz Yisrael looks like. Was it what, for what? For what purpose? To see if they could defeat their enemies? Was that, was that the purpose of the Miraglim? Very clearly not. In other words, we know Klaishal is coming up from the, uh, they're, they're an, a nation of slaves. They're a nation of people that have just, they're just Avon, they just got out of Mitzrayim. They're not trained warriors. They're not uh, an organized army. How are they going to conquer Eretz Yisrael? The Russian is going to give them, give them Eretz Yisrael, right? So, so why did the Rebbeinu actually greenlight the mission, so to speak? Why did the Rebbeinu allow, right? Shlach lecha anashim, Why, even if it was on Moshe Rebbeinu's cheshbon, shlach lecha, right? As we, as the, as the, all the Mepharshim on the Dayak, all the Mepharshim point out, shlach lecha, send for yourself, for you. For what purpose? What, what, what was, what was the goal? So the Mepharshim say, the, the, the Mepharshim say, the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to do that, why, why did Moshe Rabbeinu Taka want to send Miraglim, right? Um, they, they, they wanted them in order, in order that, that they should have a sense, right, of what they're getting into. Not, in, not from a military perspective, but a sense of what they're getting into from, this, from the point of view of wanting to desire it even more, wa- wanting to have a bigger piece of it, wanting to be connected to it. That, that's what, that was the purpose of the Miraglim. Now, Nirvashram knows very well that it could go either way. It could go, it could go great, it could, it could arouse that, or, or it could fail miserably. And it, it failed miserably. The people became very depressed. When they got the report back from Eretz Yisrael, they became depressed. Why? Why did Yerushalayim? Why was Yerushalayim willing to take the chance? Why was Yerushalayim willing to allow the Miraglim to go on a mission that had such a high potential for failure? You know, the whole point of it was to get the people psyched to want to go into Eretz Yisrael. But there, it was clear that there was the chance that when these Miraglim go to Eretz Yisrael, there, there's a possibility that's going to have the opposite effect on them. It's going to boomerang. It's going to, it's going to turn around and go, go completely backwards. And that's actually what happened. It went backwards. So why? What, 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 was the, what was the attempt all about? Why, where, where did it come from that there was this desire that the Rebbe wanted that they should go into Eretz Yisrael? Why? Or that they should send Moran? Okay. When we talk about Midos, we talk about people's, right, you know, as we talk about, well, let's talk about what was the failing, what was the failure of Kal Yisrael, right? Besides what I mentioned, the, the passage that I mentioned, that it says, mm-hmm. that they rejected as something that was desirable, the rejection. But what, what exactly was the failure of Kal Yisrael here? Was that there were Boichim, they were sitting and crying by their tents. They were upset. They were upset. Now, in the, in the spectrum, in the universe of emotions, midos, etc., right? Where does being upset fit in? How do we look at, you know, it's, there are certain character traits that a person has that are objectively negative. There, there's something wrong with it, right? Gaiva, arrogance, kas, anger, right? Those are bad midos. Those are negative things. Now, on the list of negative things, you would also put, you know, atzvus, depression, sadness, right? But and when you think about it, right, wh- why is atzvus a bad mida? 
Why is it? What's the negative? What's the you know, what's the negative side of Atzus? Really, Atzus is just simply a reaction, a reaction to what's going on around me. Right? It's it's not it's not in and of itself a character trait that I have a character trait of being a sad person. There's there it, it's a reaction to the world around me. I react to the things around me in a certain way. A little bit deeper. Let's let's try to analyze it a little, a little bit more. Usually, we take two midos that we, and we pair. When you take a mida and its opposite, and you compare them, you can you compare and contrast. Can give you a little bit of depth, a little bit of perception of what's going on. So, atzvus we would pair with simcha, right? Simcha saleiv, simcha sachaim. There's 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 a concept of being happy, and then there's a concept on the other end of the spectrum is sadness, is being depressed, being down, being feeling negative. This character trait of, of being atzuv, of being sad, is a terrible mina. In fact, the Gemara says that the ein shechina shara, right? Elabami, uh, there can only be a hashras hashechina. There can only be a presence like for nevuah for something like that. If a person is 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 in a happy mood, if a person's in an elevated positive mood, if a person's in a negative mood, if a person has 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 is has is is is, is sad, right? Then he can't have he can't have nevoa. He can't connect to a higher dimension. He can't he can't elevate himself beyond himself. So why is that? Words, what is it about atzvus? Before we talk about why it's a negative character trait per se, but what is it about atzvus that prevents that from happening? So let's analyze. Let's look, let's look a little closer. There are times when atzvus is, is seemingly appropriate, right? A person is ba'avelus. Right, Yaakov Avinu thinks that his child is is has, is no longer alive. He thinks that he's lost his whole sense of being a part of Klaliso, being a part of the father, the the progenitor of the Jewish people, because he's lost that one that one shaven. He's lost Yosef. He's he's tremendously saddened. And and by the way, it says why? How come Yaakov Avinu didn't know that Yosef was alive? How come he didn't have Ruach HaKadosh? How come he didn't have Nebuah? Because he was, he was also because he was sad. So he couldn't have Ruach HaKadosh. He had no, the Shekhinah wasn't sure. He had by him because he was depressed. Now, his, his, his being depressed in that matzov, in that, in that situation, under those conditions, is perfectly understandable. His quote-unquote favorite child is no longer alive. He's lost not just Yosef, he's lost the foil to, to, to Esav, as we says, as we know, right, via Esav, Lakash and Yosef Lehavar, right? Yosef is the Yosef that that Esav is like straw to Yosef's fire, right? The whole the whole pattern of history has been altered by the loss of Yosef in a very fundamental way. So Yosef Yaakovino is is atzus. It's appropriate for atzus. What happens when a person is atzus? So it's a fascinating idea. You know, there's there's a measurement in in the in the Gemara called the tefach. Tefach is about the size of a fist. It's about, depending on what shittas you go with, let's say between around four inches, right? It's around four inches, okay? But but a tefach can be measured in two ways. The tefach can be measured either a tight fist, closed, or it can be measured with an open hand. So it's it's the measurement from the thumb, thumb to the finger, but it can be measured either like this, from here to here, or it can be measured with an open hand from here to here. Right, it's a, it's either either one is it's called a tefach. One's called tefach soichakois, and the other one's called tefach otsev. Otsev means it's closed in, 
it's tight, and the other is soichik, is it's open. But atzav and soichik also mean sadness and laughter, openness and closeness. Even in English, you say, when a person is very sad, you call him depressed. What is depressed? What is the physical action of depression? Pushing things in close together, closing them in, not allowing them to expand, not allowing them to connect to anything else. When a person is atzuv, when a person is sad, he's closed into himself. He can't make a connection. He can't bond with anything else. Gemari Maikatan equates the halachos of Avevus with the halachos of a person who's in cherem, a person who's been excommunicated, a person who's been put in nidu, he's been put on put under in for whatever under whatever circumstances he's done something wrong and he's excluded. He's pushed out of the tzibur. He's pushed out of the congregation. He's pushed aside, right? It's the same as what happens to a person who's in Avel, when a person's in Avelus. When a person's in Avelus, again, appropriate sadness. But when you're in Avel, you're alone. You're very much alone. You can't be part of a minion. You can't be part of, you can't be part of a tzibur. You can't, you're, you're, you're menutak, the word, you're, you're cut off. You're separated from everybody else. Atzvus is a, is a, is a is a situation is a is a reality. The paradigm for Atzus is disconnection, dis, 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 distanced from everybody else, as opposed to somebody who is happy and sochakos, who's smiling and bubbling, is expanding outwards. I was talking to somebody not long ago. We as human beings, our natural state is to bond with other people, is to connect beyond ourselves. We've talked about this idea when we talked about the Haftarah, we've talked about being a no-sane, when a person's truly functioning as he should as a human being, he's expanding beyond himself. He's making himself bigger than himself. The concept of a Haftarah is that I make other people part of myself, part of my circle. You become an extended me. We become connected and bonded together. You can't, in Allah, you find out, there's Allah that says like this, there's Allah that says, that you cannot force, you cannot force uh, a couple to get married. Now that parents can't pressure their child into getting married. Why is that? Because marriage is the ultimate bonding. It's the ultimate connection between two people. If there's no joy, if there's no, if there's no feeling of bond of, of, of connection between them, then they can't, it can't happen. You, you have to create the matzah of the situation, the, the understanding, the, 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 the paradigm in which bonding can take place. It takes, nisuin is like haknasa la taking somebody into the chuppah is that you take them into your makam you, and you bring them into your space, right? To be joined together. Kiddushin is, kiddushin is that you, you designate one particular person that you're going to have a relationship Nisun is that you expand yourself to join together with somebody else. You, you become joined together. You become I- I- intrinsically connected to one another. That's what Nisun is. When we talk about Eretz Yisrael, we talk about Korbanos, we talk about, we talk specifically, uh, let, me, let me back up for a second. Now, when it comes to when it comes to how we function in the world, right, there are two aspects of what we have. You have lechem 
Yisod Leval you have food, food, staple foods like bread specifically or meat. Those are the things that provide the basic nutrients, the basic, they, they sustain a person. That's what keeps you alive. But Yayin Yismach Leval yeah, wine brings joy to a person. Wine expands. Wine allows you to expand your boundaries to become something more than yourself. Wine is used when you want to connect to others. It's used for breaking down barriers. Now, that can be in a positive way. It can be in a negative way. Like we find a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Nazar. Right? When the Nazar sees a Saita, he's Yazar and he sees what happens when too many boundaries or boundaries are broken down in an inappropriate fashion. Therefore, he says, I'm going to stay away from the yain. I'm going to stay away from the wine that breaks down those barriers because I don't want them to come down. But on the other hand, yain, wine also brings joy. Wine brings a sense of connection to others. It expands us beyond so that there's more than just the what's sustaining us, but there's actually something that adds and benefits us on a, on a higher level, on a, on a higher plane. That's that, that's the that's the the purpose of yain is to connect people and to allow them to go beyond their boundaries to become more than just themselves. Let's take a look at korbanos. What's the purpose of a carbon? The whole purpose of korbanos is to be carried, is to become closer, to become bonded with the ribanishal, to become connected to Hashem. So the nesachim is an additional method or an additional way of breaking down the boundaries that separate between us and the Rebunashon. Between who? Between what? But you add Nesachim. So why specifically to a carbon Ola and a carbon Shlomim and not to a Chatas or a Nasham? Why specifically to those Karbanas that are brought voluntarily mostly, Olas and Shlomim, or brought, brought as part of a tzibur, because those are the korbanos where we're truly bonding, where we're not looking, reflecting on negativity in and of ourselves, not erecting something. We're simply expanding who we are. So you bring nesachim together with those korbanos. So the ultimate relationship between Kalisrael and the Rebbein is a relationship like, like a husband and a wife, right? It's a, it's a bond that we, we're trying to bond with the Rebbe on the highest level. We're trying to connect to become as one on a, on a much more deeply and more meaning, in a more deeply and more meaningful fashion. That's, that's our goal. That's what we want. In fact, Yerushalayim, it says, is, is Yerushalayim is the makam, is a place where the ultimate joy and bonding takes place. It's a, and we say it in the Zemiris. We say... Um, um, here in Kaddishin of Neonosha, right? Chadvasa de Malka Kaddisha, right? It's the place of joy together with the Rebunshan. In Yerushalayim is the place where we experience the ultimate joy and how we, how we connect to the Rebunshan. It's not just about bringing Korbanus. It's not just about satiating or creating this, this, the, the simple level of bonding. It's much deeper than that. It's We're trying to create a a oneness with the Rebbeinu that goes beyond that. That's Nesachim. That's the Nesachim that the Rebbeinu was telling us that we needed when 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 we didn't go into Eretz Yisrael with the Miraglim. Kadosh Baruch Hu was saying, "What was it? What was what was the Taina on Klai Yisrael?" It says, "Bayim Asu Be'eretz Chemda." They rejected something that should have been desirable. Chemda. That desire is the desire to bond together because that's the underlying reality of what Eretz Yisrael is. 
Eretz Yisrael is the place where we connect to the Rebbe Hashem. That's the place where we feel most deeply contained as one with the Rebbe Hashem. It's a whole different level of, of, of bonding that doesn't exist anywhere else. When Claudius, what was that there of the Maraglim? What happened? By what did Claudius do wrong? So it says, Vayim also, they rejected Eretz Chemda, they rejected the desire to be together with the Rebbe Hashem. They rejected the, 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 the want of wanting to have that connection with Hashem. Because it's like this. It says by Yaakov Avinu, right? right? When Yaakov Avinu one had to go and do hard work, hard labor, hard labor in order to, in order to be able to marry Rachel Avinu. What does it say? It says, It was like just a few days. Seven years of hard labor. It's like nothing. Why? Because his desire to be together with Rachel was so strong, so overpowering, it didn't make a difference. What was the taina? What was, what was the issue with what happened with the Miraglim? That Eretz Yisrael is supposed to be an Eretz Chemda. It's supposed to be a place where we desire a connection with the Rebbe And because we failed to ignite that desire, so then we got scared and we became atzuv. We became closed up. But, and we came like, like the tefach, right? The, the te, like the tefach that's completely sealed shut. There was no possibility of bonding with the Rebbe So now what are we going to say? We're going to go be all Chaimah. We're going to go ahead and we're going to be Meiser Nefesh. We're going to do, be, be Meiser Nefesh to do what? To go fight and do what it is that Hashem wants us to do? Because the Miraglim shouldn't have been able to scare us? You missed the boat. That wasn't the message that we were telling the Miraglim. Not because the Miraglim managed to scare you. It's because you failed to be joyous in your, uh, in your potential connection with the Rebbe That was the failing. Had you been joyous in that way, you would have, the, the whole fear would never have happened. You never would have been baichim. You wouldn't have been sitting by your ayolos. You wouldn't have been sitting there and crying because you wouldn't have missed it. And now you're willing to go ahead and be meiser nefesh. It's a wonderful midah. Mesir's nefesh, great thing. Always, usually a very good thing. But here, that wasn't the tikkun for the avera that they did. That wasn't the correction for what was done wrong. They didn't go up to Eretz Yisrael and say, no, we want to go, we want to go into Eretz Yisrael. They said, we want to trust in the Rebunashon. That's what they said. We want, we're willing to be in Moser Nefesh. We're willing to have complete emuna. Was it a chisarn in, in their emuna? Was that the Avera? Was that the Taina? No, chisarn and emuna. With those, are, unfortunately, right? I don't mean to make light of it, but there are diamond dozen in the Midbar. The Mislaninim, the Mislaninim, the Tavera. The uh, every avera that you look at in, in the midbar was a chisar and an amuna. Oh, the Rebbeinu can't provide water for you. The Rebbeinu can't provide meat for you. The Rebbeinu. So why is the miraglim special? The miraglim special because the nakuda, the point that they missed, was was the eretz chenda, the desire, the need for happiness. There's another mitzvah. There's another place where this where this idea is so manifest, so powerfully that that, that it it's hard to escape. Right. We say it, the Zaya really says it. It's, it's, it's a well-known guy and became a very famous song, right? It says, Dimishtachim Bitsarandilhan Biaskin Bhadvasadili. Khadvasadili is what? Khadvasa means they they Dimishtachim Bitsarandilhan, they forget their own troubles. Right? The it's asking Bihadvasadili is they they engage in my joy, in my in my khadva. Khadva means joyousness, happiness, simcha, bubble, and connection. 
most mitzvahs, you could do a mitzvah, almost any mitzvah, you could do a mitzvah, you have the rule of an eser. Pick up the rule of an eser, shake the rule of an eser, put the rule of an eser down. Think about it. You don't think about it. You did the mitzvah. It doesn't make a difference. You did it. You stand in front of your candles. You light your candles, right? You, you lit the candles. Is it better to have kavana? Could you do the mitzvah in a better way? Are there, are there other ways in which it could be manifest that it could change, that it could be something that's, that's, strong, that's more powerful? Of course there are. But Lamai says you did the mitzvah, right? When it comes to Lumen Torah, if you want to sit down and learn something, you want to sit down and learn something. If you're not in the right frame of mind, it's not going in. It's, it's like a it's like a board of wood, It doesn't it doesn't enter. There's no there's no possibility. You can't learn if you're not in the right frame of mind. You can't. It's not possible. Person sits down to learn. He's in a bad mood. He's feeling sad. He's feeling upset. He's feeling pressured from whatever it is. He's not going to be able to learn unless he's able to put aside his other feelings and access that sense of chedva, that sense of joy, that sense of now I'm being because what is limunat Torah at the end of the day? What what is limunat Torah? Limunat Torah is I'm connecting my mind. This is related to what we talked about. Moshe Rabbeinu and his stuttering. I'm connecting my mind to the thoughts of the Rebbeinu I'm connecting my mind. I'm connecting my reality to a higher to, to a higher plane. I'm connecting myself to the Rebbeinu on a much deeper level. We're becoming as one. I'm engaging in his thought process. I'm thinking the Rebbeinu thoughts. Now, the only way I bond with the Rebbeinu is if I'm open to it. If there's a sense of simcha, there's a sense of joy, if there's a sense of chedva, there's a sense of openness that can that 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 can transform that. That's the only way that it happens. If you if you're not engaged in Torah in that way, it's not going. It's not going to happen. Just like Eretz Yisrael, the only way for Kaisal to go into Eretz Yisrael and conquer Eretz Yisrael is because they feel a sense of joyousness. They feel a sense of desire to connect to something that's outside of themselves. The only way you can connect to something that's outside of themselves is if you're a matzov of simcha. Now, we ask the question: What's the chisar and what's the downside? Of atzvos, of being sad. Some sometimes I'm sad. I feel sad. It's a reaction to what's around me. But the answer is, I I do control how I feel. I do control how my environment impacts me because it depends what I focus on. If we're focused on the fact that we're going into Eretz Yisrael, we're going to join the Rebbeinu into the Rebbeinu into the place where the Rebbeinu is going to be manifest in a way that he's not manifest anywhere else. We're going to sit down. I'm going to, I have a possibility before I sit down to learn. I sit down and I say, I'm about to engage in the Torah of the Rebbeinu Shalom. It's the Rebbeinu I'm not, it's not stum, I'm reading a book. It's not knowledge, just some knowledge that I need to go. So therefore, if I'm in the mood, it's good. If I'm not in the mood, it's not good. I have a tremendous opportunity here. I have a possibility of engaging in the Rebbeinu Shalom's Torah, the Rebbeinu Shalom's thought process. What an incredible opportunity. Now, all you know, you know where you know where it's manifest. It's like this. Uh, this this is a fantastic example. Sometimes Nebuch, somebody has a terrible tragedy right before they have a big simcha, right? So something you know, especially like now during COVID, it was more manifest, right? A, a parent, an in law, a grandparent dies, and then you have to make a chasna the next day, the next week, the next month, whatever it is, right? So so is that is the is the the chasna is not a happy chasna? The people are not joyous. Are they sad? Is there a sense of, of, of something that's missing? Of course, there's a sense of something that's missing. But at the end of the day, because there's a sense of you're joining two things together, you're opening up some uh, new possibilities, you're, you're having that, you're able to put that aside, put it into its context, see where it belongs, and then put it aside and be, and be able to focus on the simcha of what's happening here. 
if you look through the brachos, the whole of Sheva Brachos, it's, it's really what all of Sheva Brachos is all about. The whole Sheva Brachos is about bonding between, it's, it's, it's that marriage is the microcosm to the macrocosm of our relationship with Hashem. Right, that's that's the microcosm. Is the is the is the miniature world we're looking at in miniature. What we're really looking to focus on in the in the bigger dimension. That's what all of Shavuot really talk about. And the, the the joy that we're talking about over there, it's shyak. It's possible if a person focuses on what's actually happening that I'm expanding beyond myself. Then that itself brings simcha. It goes both ways. If I'm besimcha, I'm open to be able to expand and to, and to join other people. If I'm expanding and joining with others, if that's what I desire and that's what I'm looking for, it brings me to simcha. It leads me to a place where I become more besimcha because I'm expanding myself. I'm becoming bigger. I'm becoming more. There's, there's an, an addition to myself. It becomes something that's greater, that's bigger than who I am. That's what they were missing by the midbar. That's what they were missing. So... The Miraglin, what was the big, what's the big aver of the Miraglin? Why does it rank up there, so to speak, with Eil Azov? We get it. It's a it's a smidgik of Avadazar. There's a there's a tam of Avadazar there. We've talked about it another time. It's not simple Avadazar, but there's there's what to talk about. And Mitzad, it's Mitzad Avadazar. They thought they were doing the right thing, but it, it, sometimes when you get too close to the fire, you get burnt. So that, that, that was what happened by the by the Azov. It's not that's not tonight's schmooze, right? But the, by all the other tests in the midbar were chasrenus and emuna. There were faith. There, there was there is a question of trusting the Rebbeinu and they didn't trust the Rebbeinu Shem. They should for the water, for the meat, for the food, for the whatever it was that they that they thought they weren't they weren't getting. They they, they, they it was a failure in emuna. What was the failure of, of why does the failure of the Miraglim stand out? Because there's a possibility, it was the potential to bond with the Rebunisham. It's an Eretz Chem, Yimasu, but Eretz Chem, that you had the possibility of something that was desirable, something that was in front of you that showed a real connection. It was the possibility to connect with the Rebunisham. And if you would have had the desire to connect with the Rebunisham on the right level, it would have overpowered everything the Miraglim were telling you. The fact that you were so overcome by what the Miraglim shared. But the fact that Miraglim told the, that the people in Eretz were so powerful and so difficult to get along with, and you became overwhelmed by that, and you became sad because of it, means you drew back from the Yerushalayim, and then you tried to make it right by being Marcin Efesh. You missed the votes. It's not the right Avera. So Yerushalayim says, I'll comfort you with Nesachim. I'll comfort you with Nesachim, because what is Nesachim all about? It's about bringing libations, about not only the staple, it's not only having the meat, the basar lechem, the... the the staples of what, what keeps a person alive, but the additional things that break down the barriers that connect us, that give us the possibility of really relating to the Rebbeinu on a deeper level, that's really what we're, what, 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 we're, what we're seeking. That's ultimately what the Rebbeinu really wanted us to have. And that's why the Rebbeinu says the, the Nechama, the comfort for the Avera, it's, it's true, there are many mitzvahs, but specifically this mitzvah of Nisachim, which can only happen in Eretz Yisrael, only in that place can we bond with Rebbeinu in that way. That's why it's the Nechama for this Avera that we fail to recognize our potential to bond with Rebbeinu to become as one. And that is our potential that we have, whether it's through Eretz Yisrael or whether it's through Torah. Those are the two areas where the Chedvasa delay, the Rebbeinu joy, the Rebbeinu the need quote-unquote, to expand and include us together with him is what we need to recognize in order to be able to achieve and to accomplish in all of those areas. Okay, thank you very much. Charles. Thank you. We'll think about this. Okay. Thank you very much, everyone, for coming.